message I want to lend on to, and, and I believe I will lend on to it, but, I, but as I prayed over this last week, there's a prompting that I keep getting back about the fact that I, we started New Beginnings, and when we started New Beginnings, this New Beginnings series, I've told you a number of things, and, and, and I've said, you know, that it's initiated by God Himself, we need to embrace the change with with an act of will we need to be ready to get out of the comfort zone and and that a new thing will challenge our capabilities to the limit and that god will give us the favor and the authority necessary to accomplish what he's calling us to do and i spoke to us last week and i said you know a new beginnings talks about a call to a commitment to a sacrifice and to a what and to serve and to service and, and I want to assure you that if we are able to step out and do those things God will rise up for us but today I want to just take a small step back and, and encourage somebody I, I believe I just need to encourage someone I need to encourage someone on this wise and I'm gonna read a long test a long passage today is Ezra chapter 3 Ezra chapter 3. Now some background to the book of Ezra. If you're going to read the book of Ezra and understand it properly, you also need to have read the book of Jeremiah and the book of Daniel and the book of Zachariah and the book of Haggai. Because Ezra is the continuation of the historical events that happen due to the prophecies of these prophets. So, don't, so I, I know Ezra is placed before those prophets. But the events of Ezra are happening after the prophets. Amen. Amen. So you need to, to understand the scriptural sequence of things and of events. And, and Jeremiah prophesied and said, you will go out into captivity. So Israel goes into captivity under Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar conquers the nations. Assyria conquers Israel. Nebuchadnezzar conquers Judah and ravishes everything in Judah, destroys the temple, destroys Jerusalem, takes the things in the temple, takes Daniel and goes with them. And Daniel, while he was praying, he realizes that Jeremiah had said that we would be in captivity for 70 years and when he is understood by books, he starts to pray that God, our time is due. In that moment, Cyrus, King Cyrus, is steered up by God. And you then start to have the events that are happening in the book of Ezra. And following up in the book of Nehemiah. Some people say Nehemiah is just an extension of the book of Ezra. But, but I'm not here to talk about that theology. But I need you to understand this is what is happening. And the Haggai and Zachariah are prophesying as to what would happen when the children of Israel would begin to come back out of captivity. What is happening in captivity, but now starting to talk about them coming back out of captivity. And they were coming back into a place. Which was not so good. But I'm going to read Ezra chapter 3 because there are some things that I want to encourage somebody on. And I might build up on this again in the week ahead. But Ezra chapter 3 verse 1 says, And when the seventh month was come, I'm reading from the King James Version. And, and the children of Israel were in the cities. The people gathered themselves together as one man to Jerusalem. So the people have come back. Cyrus is, is, is steered up in his heart and says, who can go back to build, the, the build Jerusalem, the great city of the great God? And so 
50,000 of them rise up. They're steered by the Spirit of God to rise up to go back. And the people come back and they come to Jerusalem. And this is where they are. They've gathered together as one man, 50,000 people. Then stood up Joshua, the son of Josadak, and his brethren, the priests, and Zerubbabel, the son of Shetel, and his brethren, and they built the altar of God, or they builded the altar of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings thereon, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. And they set the altar upon the base, upon his bases, for fear was upon them, because the people of those countries, and they offered burnt offerings thereon unto the Lord, even burnt offerings morning and evening. They kept also the feasts of tabernacles, as it is written, and offered the daily burnt offerings by number, according to the custom, as the duty of every day required. And afterward offered the continual burnt offering, both of the new moons and of the feast set feasts of the Lord that were consecrated, and of everyone that willingly offered a freewill offering unto the Lord. From the first day of the seventh month began they to offer burnt offerings unto the Lord, but the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not yet laid. Hold on to that one, it shall come back maybe in a week or so. They gave money also unto the masons and to the carpenters and meat and drink and oil unto them of Zidon and to them of Tyre to bring cedar trees from Lebanon to the sea of Joppa according to the grant that they had of, king, of Cyrus king of Persia. Now in the second year of their coming unto the house of God at Jerusalem in the second month began Zerubbabel the son of Sheetel and Jeshua son of Josedek and the remnant of their brethren, the priests and the Levites and all that were come out of the captivity unto Jerusalem and appointed the Levites from 20 years old and upwards to set forward the work of the house of the Lord. Then stood Joshua and the sons and his brethren Cadmiel and his sons, the sons of Judah together to set forward the workmen of the house of God, the sons of Hanadad with their sons and their brethren, the Levites. And when the builders laid the foundation, everybody say foundation, foundation. of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph with symbols to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because he is good for his mercy endures forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation, everybody say foundation, foundation. of the house of the Lord was laid and many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers were ancient men or just older men that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes they wept with a loud voice and many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not distinguish or discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of weeping of the people for the people shouted with a loud shout and the noise was heard afar off. I want you to go with me to Nehemiah. Go with me to the book of Nehemiah. 
Nehemiah chapter 1. I just want to read a verse, verse 3. Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 3. Just to help you understand the context in which these people had returned back to Jerusalem. Verse 3 says, this is Nehemiah. He's hearing the story of Jerusalem from Hanani. He, one, of, one of his brothers who had just arrived from Judah with some fellow Jews. And Hanani says to him, the exiles, survivors who are left there in the province are in bad shape. Jerusalem and the cities around and the people that were there were in bad shape. Conditions are appalling. The wall of Jerusalem is still rubble. The city gates are still in cinders. It was, it was a mess. And the Bible says when Nehemiah hears this, he sits down. It was such a sad story that Nehemiah had to sit down. He had to, to just sit down. He couldn't bear it anymore. I know who you are and what it is, but I, I need to just encourage somebody that even in the rubble, there is hope. Even in your rubble, there is hope. Even in the, in the tightest of situations where the place has been burnt and charred and, and the story makes you sit down. The situation makes you sit down. You know there's some issues where you, you are told the result of your exam and all you do is just sit down. Mm -hmm. When you are told the, 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 that this is the result of what you've been working for and, and that it's a failure, all you do is just but sit down. Some of you may be even sleeping. Because you can't bear to remain conscious and to remain standing about it. But I need to talk to somebody and say, in the midst of the rubble, there is hope. In the midst of the rubble, there is hope. And so, when, Je when Nehemiah hears this, he he's pained and he goes down and he begins to eventually move from the place of sitting to the place of his knees and begins to pray. The Bible says of the children of Israel who had gone with Israel that they, when they were there, if you look at verse 2, they gathered as one man. And in verse 2, the Bible says of them, but the brethren who were there, they built an altar. They built an altar. They made an altar. In the midst of the rubble, they made an altar. And I'm going to talk about that. About in this time when we're talking about new beginnings and you're looking at your life and you're saying how am I going to move forward from this? I'm here to tell you that you can move forward in the midst of the rubble. In the midst of the chaos. In the midst of things that don't look like they're going in the right direction. In the midst of the situation where things look like they're upside down. Where everything is burnt down and broken. Where the things are destroyed around you. And it doesn't look like there is hope for tomorrow. I want to say to somebody there is hope in the midst of the rubble. Hallelujah. You can move in the midst of the rubble. In the midst of the chaos. You can make a step forward. God can and will. Why do I say he will? Because of Joel chapter 2 and verse 25. And, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified. I'm going to read it again from the Amplified. It says, and I will restore or replace. He says, I will restore or replace. What will I replace? I will restore or replace for you the years that the locust has eaten. The hoping locust and the stripping locust, the crawling locust, my great army which I sent among you. I will restore or replace. 
So in the midst of the rubble, I want you to know that the rubble can be restored or replaced. I, I need you to understand that the rubble in your life, I, the, 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 the rubble in your life can be replaced or restored. The things that are not right can be made right again. The things that are not going well can go well again. The things that are not moving can move again. And, and so you need to understand that it is God who says, I will restore. The people had, had seen the locusts destroying everything that they could hope for. But God comes and says, I will restore. And so to you, I also want you to know that God will restore. Every, a new beginning is possible. Or new beginnings are possible. Remember I said there are new beginnings. New beginnings are possible. Why? Because it's many things that are going to start rising up and I'm prophesying in your life. Many things are going to start rising up. But there are things that are going to start opening up. It's not just one thing, but it's many things that are going to rise up in your life. There are many doors that God is opening now because of the season. Let me finish that scripture, that Joel scripture. It says, I'll restore for you. And in verse 26, it says, And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord who has dealt wondrously with you. You see, the general overseer said it's going to be a year of pleasant surprises. Oh, yes. And we're learning about the wonder. And, and you cannot say the wonder is what? How, how do you say it when you are from Niger? Uh, in Zimbabwe, it says you go ah. In 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 Nigeria, you say ewo And and here you say oh oh younger younger. Whatever it is, whichever expression. Some of you are just going to be able just to open your mouth and not say anything. Why? Because the wonder is too big. But God has got pleasant surprises for us. Like he has pleasantly surprised us right now. Mm. <coughs> you see, church, you need to keep your eyes open. You need to shine your eye to the wonders and the operations of God. To the way God is working with us. And the things that God is, is doing in the bigger body you need to see them happening in your own life as an individual do not miss the blessings by which we are running upon as a church and know oh i need somebody to know that the rubble is not your issue because the rubble can be restored the things that are broken down can be repaired and here is how. So I'm just going to give you some quick points. But I need you to understand that. doesn't matter how low you've gone. Israel here was so low. They were at their worst. They had been a nation which had been feared all along for years. And now they were just at the mercy of Cyrus or Nebuchadnezzar. We had destroyed them. And now they're at the mercy of other people. And if you read, the Bible says they were even afraid of the people around them. You know, the Sanballat and, and the Tobias. That crowd was making the people afraid. But while they were down low, God was working something for them. While you are down low, God is always working. God is always doing something to bring you back up. 
While you are down and people have said we finished it. I want you to know as long as God is on the throne, you are not finished. He's not done with you. He's not done with us. He's always working. He's always working. It might not seem like it's an instant coffee because God is not always instant in his coffee. He sometimes makes a good coffee. Mm. You know how you make a good coffee? It takes some time to make a good coffee. It's not just boil water two minutes and put the, the powder in. It takes some time to make a good coffee. And so God is always working. You see, when somebody's making you a coffee and by the time they've taken five minutes, ten minutes making you a coffee, you're wondering, are this, is the coffee going to come? But a good coffee takes time. Roast the beans properly. Should I tell you how to make it? A good meal is not something you put in the microwave. <laughs> oh, are you eating my microwave meals? <laughs> a good meal is something where, which takes time. How long does it take to make a good meal? <laughs> I was watching one time, and my wife says, I'm going to make you a good meal. It was called leg of something. <laughs> she sent me a long journey to buy that leg and when I came back with it I thought ah by the time this one throw on the fire it's ready no it had to be spiced from morning till evening being spiced <laughs> and after the spices it had to be steamed why should we not just throw it on the fire? You know, for me, if you say cook, it's just light up the fire and it's red. I don't like microwave too much, but you know. And after that steaming, it goes into a roast. And you don't just roast in a microwave. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And while all this is happening, my stomach is screaming for some food. But a good meal takes time. And when a good meal comes, because it has taken time, you will enjoy it very well. So you need to understand that, you see, don't worry about the things that are not happening instant. But be concerned about what God is doing in the background for you. And he knows how to bring you to a place where you must be. The children of Israel, while they had ruins around them, God was working. Cyrus begins to give them the money they needed to rebuild. And I want to show you this. The first thing they built was not a house. The first thing they built was an altar to the Lord. They built an altar to the Lord. The Bible says in verse 2, they builded the altar. I love the King James Version. They built the altar of the God of Israel and on it, they sacrificed. They offered their offerings on it. The altar talks about the place of our relationship with God. It talks about the place of our connection to God. It talks about the place where we connect with the Almighty and we have, an, we have a relationship with Him. That is the altar. 
In whatever situation that you are in, the, my brother was talking to the workers and he said, Seek ye first the what? The kingdom of God. Seek ye God first. Seek the Lord first. While they were in the midst of their rubble, they did not seek the things. They sought God. They sought God. You need to seek God. You need to find God. When there's rubble around you, I can tell you there's one thing that always stands in order, and that is God. When everything else is chaotic, there's one who is not chaotic, and that is God. And he says, I know the plans that I have for you. I know what it was yesterday. I know what it is today. I know what it should be tomorrow. And he had already told the children of Israel, I will give you an expected end. Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah 33. He says, if you call unto me, I will, I will give you, I will give you an expected end. I will give you, I work in mysterious ways for you. You know, the, the telephone number of God, 33, 33, 33. Do you know that? Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Call unto me and I will answer you in what? mysterious ways in ways you have not understood in ways you have not known why because my ways are not your ways and my ways are higher than your ways my thinking is greater than your thinking i know what is best for you i know what is good for you tomorrow you may not see it now but the lord knows it hallelujah and so you need to understand that in the middle of your rubble build an altar for the lord Make your relationship strong with God. When they desert you, run to the Lord. When the husband is not there, run to the Lord. When the wife does not cook a good meal, run to the Lord. When the children are stubborn and difficult, you need to run to the Lord. When the work is tough and the going is difficult, you need to run to the Lord. Start with God and God will finish it for you. You need to engage with God and you need to connect with God. Wise men sought God and they succeeded. You also can be wise and seek God. The nations as we see them today, they are there because of God. They have prospered because of God. Our generation may not know it, but they have prospered because of God. And when they sought God, they were lifted up. You also can seek God and God will lift you up. But you need to start off with building an altar to the Lord. Build an altar to the Lord. Build a place of worship. A place for you to connect with God. A place for you to pray to Him and hear Him speak to you. It's not only about praying and you speaking and speaking and speaking and speaking and speaking and speaking. But it's also about God giving a word back to you. You need to hear God. You need to cultivate within that place, within the place of the altar. You need that the smoke goes up with your prayers and God comes down with the answer. Amen. The reason the smoke went up was because God accepted it. And I pray that you get to a place where your own personal worship of God is as such. The Bible says they also restored the, the feasts and the, and, and the worship rituals they used to have according as it is written by Moses. 
They put their offerings and they, and they put their, their sacrifice and they worshipped God. And they brought their daily portions and they brought the ones in the different seasons. But it started off by building an altar to the Lord. And if we are going to make a difference in our situations, if we're going to rise out of the rubble and see God restoring us, we need to build an altar to the Lord. After God had talked to Joel and said, Joel, prophesy to the people and say, I will restore to them and, and I'll take away what the locust has eaten. Joel is also told by God to say, tell the priests and the elders to declare a fast. What was God saying? You were saying you need to restore my altar. You need to restore worship. You need to restore the connection that I have with you. Amen. Check your relationship. Am I connected to God? You see, hardship has a tendency of pushing us away from God. Yes. Hardship has a tendency of saying, well, don't, is God really there? Yeah. When you are sick and you have prayed and you come to a point and say, is God really able to answer? Hmm. I, you hear what I'm saying, church? Hardship pushes you into a corner and you stop believing. But you need to believe and build the altar again. When Nehemiah heard the story, the Bible says he knelt down and prayed. It's the place of the altar. Because at the altar, there are answers. And the, when the answer came for Nehemiah, it was that the king says to Nehemiah, Go, I will support you to build. Cyrus is, rise, is steered by God. Why? Because Cyrus now had a relationship with the living God of Israel. And so God uses him, a foreigner, to Israel to say, rebuild my house. And he even gives the children of Israel the resources they need. Ezra, when he left, he says, we went to the river, by the river, and we prayed there at the river. Why were they praying? Because they said, in between where we are in the captivity and where Jerusalem is, there are many enemies and adversaries. If we go by ourselves, we will be consumed. They will overcome us because we are not a great, big army. So Lord, hear us as we go. And the Bible says that when they went through, God gave them passage through all those powerful nations that would have destroyed them, that did not want them to rebuild Jerusalem. And they got to Jerusalem and they were able to rebuild the house. But it started off by them calling upon the name of the Lord. You need to call on the name of the Lord. You need to start with the place of your worship. Start with the place of the altar. Number two is that you must focus on the cross of Jesus Christ. It all begins with the cross of Jesus Christ. It, it, and for us, that altar points us to the place of Jesus Christ. Our once and for all perfect sacrifice. Jesus is the once and for all perfect sacrifice. So your relationship must connect with Jesus. It must start and end with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And, and whatever you do, number three, you must do it according to God's instruction and God's word. God will speak and God will give you instructions. God will give you direction. And you must do it according to His Word. Hold on to His Word. Trust His Word. Believe His Word. His Word is not only about the promises, but also about the instructions. Everybody say instructions. Instructions. 
It's about the instructions that God gives us. And we must walk according also to those instructions. It's easy for me to just say, I believe God because he says I shall do all things through him who strengthens me. But there's also a part that says, trust in me for me to do all those things. So it's about you following the instruction of his word and trusting the Lord. Doing what he says. When, when, when at the wedding of Cana, the mother of Jesus, Mary says to the servants, whatsoever Jesus tells you to do, that you must do. They needed wine. And Jesus is not a winemaker. But Mary comes and says, they've run out of wine. I think you can do something about it. And so the, Jesus says, woman, my time has not yet come. And she turns to the servants and says, don't mind what he's saying about the timing or not the timing. But whatever instruction he gives you, that you must do. And what do they do? The moment Jesus says, okay, bring the pots and put water into those pots. That water is what turned into wine. Why? Because Jesus has a solution for our lives. Amen. If we can obey his word, his word will give us an instruction, will give us a solution. It's not only about the promises that you need to look for in his word. Look also for the instruction, what it is that I must do. What must I do, Lord? You know, I, I, as Christians, it's very easy, particularly us as Pentecostals, it's very easy to be looking into the Word and looking for the blessing. Oh, how many of you love to be blessed? I know I'll be having a lot more amens if I was saying, God is going to bless you. Amen. He's going to remember you. He's going to do this for you. I know you'll be saying Amen. But when it comes, God is saying, go out and win souls. Go out and preach the gospel. Go and give money to the poor. Go and help somebody who's in need. Those kind of, of, of ones you just say, mmm. <laughs> Not amen. It's like, mmm. Yeah? You see, why? Because we are so used, we are so configured to only want a blessing. But you see, the blessings of God are going to come when we obey word when we obey his instructions when we obey his instructions so the instructions that they obeyed here in the time of Ezra the Bible says you know they built the altars and after they built the altar they started putting on the sacrifices according as it is written they followed as it is written so if you read verse 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 2 talks about how it is it is written in the law of Moses if you follow verse 3, they put the offerings according to the offerings required in the morning and in the evening. You see, these are people who did not have much, but they still were able to make a sacrifice to... Uh, are you hearing what I'm saying, people? In the midst of their rubble, they were sacrificing something. In the midst of whatever it was that they were going through, they still could put a sacrifice on the altar. What is the sacrifice that you're putting on the altar? Is the sacrifice of your time, of your talent, or your treasure? One of those, in one of those three T's, there is a sacrifice you can put upon the altar of the Almighty. And the Bible says, as they offered burnt offerings thereupon unto the Lord. 
And then they started to follow also the feasts that God had instructed them to follow. They started doing the things that God had said, these are the things you should do according to this time and that time. So they did the Feast of Tabernacles and the Feast of Harvest. All those feasts that they were following, they followed them according as God had instructed them. As it is written. When you read the Word of God, in order to be obedient to the Word of God, do not only see the blessings, but see the instructions of God. Hallelujah. And then you will have a solid foundation. Because it's the people that follow God in His instructions that will receive the blessings. The instructions are the foundation. This is why I kept saying, read about the foundation. Is the foundational part that is important, which is based on a relationship with God, which comes as a result of our obedience to God. So in the midst of your rubble, in the midst of your challenge, I need you to rise up and say, God, I'm going to offer this to you. God, I'm going to make sure that I follow this instruction. God, I'm going to do that which you say that I must do. I'm going to live right. I'm going to live the way you want me to live. I'm going to do the things the way you want me to do them. God does not only speak to tell us about the promise or about the good prophecies. Yeah, we love prophecies. But God also tells us instructions. If all the prophecies you hear are about how God will do good for you and there are no instructions, you need to check them. Because God is not a magician. Abracadabra, boom. No. That's not God. That's not God. He's a God who wants us to come to a place where we have an intimate relationship with Him, an intimate connection with Him, and intimacy of that relationship is about how obedient are we to the instructions and to the directions that God gives us. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and the last thing that I want to say today is that we must focus on building, but I'll come back to that next week. Must focus on building something. And you don't build alone, but you build with others. I'll come back to that next, next week. But I need, I need you to rise today. And I want, to call, I want you to pray and say, Lord, help me to rebuild my altar. I believe the altars of our relationship with God that need to be rebuilt. Rebuilt upon a relationship with Jesus Christ. Rebuilt upon an instruction with Jesus. I want you to pray that prayer first. And then we're going to pray a second prayer. That God will help you. I know who it is that I need to just encourage. About, about the situation which looks like a ruin around you. But God says to you, even in the midst of a ruin, I'm able to pick you up and move you forward. You see, the children of Israel started off by building an altar. And, and listen, understand this. They built the altar in the rubble of Jerusalem. They built the altar before they built the foundation of the temple. You see, the altar was built in the midst of all the dust and the junk and everything. They just found a place where they would say, here we will build the altar of God. And when they built it, everything else followed. Even the people that were trying to discourage them suddenly had no power because there was a power from arising from the altar of their relationship that kept them going. 
there was there was a power of God that moved them forward even in the midst of the adversity and by the time you get to Nehemiah the walls they've moved from building you see Ezra built the, the temple foundation and they began to build the walls of the temple by the time Nehemiah comes in they are starting to build the walls around the city <coughs> but it started off with an altar Started off with that place of worship. I don't know, maybe it's about rededicating your life to the Lord. Say, Jesus, here I am. I, I give myself to you. Ennis, can you play for me that song? I give myself to you. Chidi, can you sing that? So you can you. Just, just rededicate your life to Jesus. Just give you, say, Lord, my, my worship life has not been, my worship life is not at the level that it's supposed to be. That's the place of your altar. Lord, my relationship with you is not as it's supposed to be. But God, I come to you today, this morning. Lord, and I pray, God, help me. Oh, God, help me that I rebuild my altar. I rebuild the place of my relationship with you. In the name of Jesus. Just go ahead and sing together in your life but just pray and say God I here I am Lord oh God help me Lord Jesus in the Karabashaka he is faithful and just to forgive he is faithful and just to forgive he is the Lord of mercy he is the Lord who has mercy on us he will have mercy on you he will have mercy on you he is faithful and just say Lord I'm sorry that I have strayed Lord I'm sorry I haven't prayed to you in a long time I haven't looked after you I haven't sought for you but God today I come back to the place of my altar to the place of that altar Lord to worship you at the altar there is worship at the altar there is praise at the altar there is adoration at the altar there is rejoicing at the altar there is a lifting up of the name of the Lord and at the altar there is a voice where you hear God speaking to you God speaks to us in the place of the altar in the place of our relationship in the place of our connection oh God my Lord oh God I pray Lord in the name of the Lord Jesus my God my Lord oh visit me again visit me again visit me again somebody used to have powerful visitations of the Lord but now it's all dry ah, you can pray and say Lord revive the place of my altar revive the place of my altar I want to hear you again I want to walk with you again in the name of the Lord Jesus 
Oh Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy. Forgive me, oh Lord. And Father, visit me again in the name of the Lord Jesus. Visit me again, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on, church. You need to cry out to Jesus. Call out to the Lord Almighty in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the midst of your rubble, in the midst of the down place where you are, where you feel downtrodden, discouraged, disappointed, you can cry out to God today and say, Lord, I'm rebuilding my altar. I'm rebuilding the place of my worship again in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the place where you feel you failed, in the place where you feel that it's not possible, you can rebuild the altar that can light up the fire of God again. Let the fire of God can come upon it again in the name of the Lord Jesus. There is hope for you. There is hope for you in the name of Jesus. It's never too late. There is hope in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It's never too late. There is hope for you. Oh God. Lord my God I pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh God, I want you to pray and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, help me, Lord, to move forward, to rise up from this place. In the name of Jesus, help me to accomplish it. Help me to be victorious. Help me, Lord, to move. In the name of Jesus, turn that into your prayer. In the midst of the rubble, there is hope. In the midst of the trash, there is hope. In the midst of the chaos, there is hope. In the name of Jesus, God say, Father, restore to me. Replace to me that which the locust has eaten. That which the canker worm has destroyed. In the midst of the destruction of your life. In the midst of the things that are heavy on you. Oh God, restore in the name of Jesus. Oh, in this period, in this season of a new beginnings, Lord, restore to me in the name of Jesus. Restore those relationships. Restore those relationships. Restore my job. Restore my status. Restore my children. Restore my husband. Restore my wife. Restore my marriage. Restore, oh God. Restore my job. Restore position. Restore my joy. Restore my peace. Lord, in the name of Jesus, make me a victor. Restore my health. Restore my strength. Restore my strength, Lord. My joy. Oh God, my gladness, my peace. Restore to me in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh God, let there be a new beginning. New beginnings. New beginnings. New beginnings. New beginnings, new beginnings, new beginnings, new beginnings. In the name of Jesus, I speak the comfort of the Holy Spirit over you. In the midst of your pain, I speak the comfort of the Holy Spirit over you. And I speak the joy of the Holy Spirit because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on church, pray for your breakthrough, pray for your breakthrough, in the name of Jesus, oh God, 
and begin to reach out to the things that are eternal, to the things that you have in store for them, Lord. I pray, God, that God, they that are weak will be strong. Oh, God, I strengthen the feeble knees. Strengthen the feeble knees. The hands that head low, I pray, God, that they will rise up. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you today. As we will leave this place, I pray that God, we go with a new vision and you understand. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let the people of God shout us a victorious. Amen. Amen.